Welcome to Shift, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. And if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss in another episode, please contact me at tyler.achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Lewis Newman. And Lewis, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself and uh, talk a little bit about both your background and the book that you've written. Sure. Thank you, first of all, Tyler, for having me on your podcast. Pleasure being here. Uh, I I graduated. I retired just this last year from a position at Stanford. It's like graduating. Yeah. Uh, I, I retired last July from a position as Dean of Academic Advising at Stanford University, where I had been for six years. And prior to that, I was a professor of religious studies and then a full-time administrator at Carleton College in Minnesota uh, for my entire career, basically 33 years uh, before that. I've just published a book called Thinking Critically in College, The Essential Handbook for Student Success, which is really based on my years of experience as a faculty member and academic advisor, and then subsequently an administrator overseeing the academic advising programs, first at Carleton and then at Stanford. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we're going to be talking about today, at least in part, is critical thinking, right? But um, today's topic is what are the things high school students don't know when they're, that they're going into college that they really need for college, right? And I think a big part of this is just there's a lot of stuff that school in America doesn't teach you that you really need in your adult life. And college is kind of that middle step. Uh, things like budgeting, right? Or t- how to manage your own calendar and your own school schedule, especially because, you know, in college, maybe you shouldn't do this, but you you can skip class, right? Like, and it's, so it's a very different situation. Um, so what are the things that you feel like a lot of high school students aren't getting that they need to know when they get into college? There's a lot of the things that you just mentioned and many more like it, uh, that I think a lot of students find challenging when they first get to college, managing their time, managing their finances, um, sort of managing the balance between their work, literally paid work, which many students do, and their academic work and their social lives and various other extracurriculars that they want to be involved in. I mean, these are these are complicated juggling acts. And uh, in the past at home, when they lived with their uh, with their parents or family members, uh, many students didn't have to sort of do this all on their own. They had support. They had advice coming to them from from their parents. And, and now they're really on their own to make these these choices. And that can be really, really challenging. The truth is, there are a lot of books out there on the market that talk about all of the things we've just mentioned. And uh, and I think they're all important. Getting along with your roommate, assuming you're uh, in a residential campus and you're, you're rooming with someone else or maybe more than one other person. Uh, these are all important right. skills, life skills. And certainly, they're life skills that will be useful throughout your, your, life, your life after you've left college. The things that I think students don't necessarily get in other books and that they wouldn't necessarily know have to do much more with academic readiness. And and here we're talking now about not just taking courses that you took in high school, turning in the work on time, 
getting a good grade and feeling like I know how to do that. I've been doing that for many years uh, and I'm all, I'm all set. You know, if I've been getting really good grades in high school and I did okay on the SAT or ACT, um, you know, I'm, I'm all set. I'm, I'm ready for college. Right? The truth is the vast majority of students at places like Carleton and Stanford even, which after all attract very, very elite groups of students, right? They too find themselves all of a sudden running at a much faster pace. The bar is much higher. And, uh, and students feel like they're all of a sudden, they've been thrown into the deep end and they're not quite sure how to swim anymore. Or the kind of swimming that they're accustomed to doing isn't getting them the results that they're accustomed to getting. So I can't tell you how many times over the years students would come back to my office hours with a paper they had turned in and that I had graded. And they would have said, you know, I would have gotten an A on this paper in high school and you gave me a B minus and I'm not sure what happened. So I, I think that students often find themselves in a situation where they are not doing as well as they expected they would, and they're not really, really sure why. Uh, and all of a sudden, they realize that mm-hmm. the skills that they used in high school that served them well are no longer adequate to the challenges that they're facing in college. And that's what my book is about. It's really about what are the critical thinking skills that you need to perform well in college that may be new to you. Or if they're not entirely new, perhaps they've never been explained so clearly and uh, that enabled you to to learn how to uh, deploy them now in in this new setting. Got it. So then let's expand on that a little bit, right? So if you're a college student, I think that the, the key thing I'm hearing from you is that when you're going, it's not just the independence and, you know, your own schedule and everything else. You're also being asked to be an independent thinker like when you're independent in high school or whatever um you're generally not you're asked to be kind of a dependent thinker like whatever the teachers taught you you need to kind of bring back to them and and resurface to them maybe there are some classes or disciplines where you're going to be asked to be kind of coming up with your own answers or solutions right or your own point of view but it's not necessarily required. And in college, you feel like that's like pretty different? I think it's definitely different. Now, again, not every college is the same. Not every high school is the same. Students come out of high school with different levels of preparation for college. And uh, so I, I want to be clear that it's a little hard to generalize completely about this. But what I can tell you is that from my many years of experience teaching, overwhelmingly, uh, I, I found that a lot of students were surprised at how much more rigorous college was, at how much more they were being asked to think independently uh, and to think critically. So, for example, as you said, in high school, mostly if you just absorb the information and spit it back accurately, that's probably going to get you an A or something close to it. In college, that's the sort of, that's just the ground floor, right? Sure, there is information you need to master. You know, you need to know the periodic table of the elements. You know, if you're studying a foreign language, you need to know vocabulary and grammar and things like that. You just need to master that. But there is a lot of other uh, college work that is going to involve analysis, synthesis, extrapolating, uh, drawing out the implications of something you've learned and applying it to something else that maybe you haven't ever seen before. Right? These are the kinds of challenges that students are often 
not ready for. So I've, I, I did, in the process of working on my book, just as an example, I did focus groups with students at Stanford. And I asked them, like, what were the big challenges academically? Forget about getting along with a roommate and managing your time and all those things. Like, what were the real academic challenges in the coursework that uh, were surprising to you based on your high school experience? And one of them said, you know, I came to Stanford thinking that history was really about names and dates and places. And it was only when I got into my first history course that I discovered that it's not about that at all. It's about how we understand history. It's about how we make sense of history. Like, like, why did those things happen when they did and how they did and where they did? And what are the different theories that will help us explain that? And what are the strengths and weaknesses of those different theories? They're talking about historiography now. That's what history study in college is really all about. But in high school, you may never have had to think that way about history. Uh, even if you took a, set, you know, a number of history classes, you may never have been forced to do that kind of critical thinking about history. And so that, you know, multiply that by all the other disciplines that you're exposed to in college, and you get a feel for how much more rigorous the kind of thinking you're going to be asked to do uh, really is. Right. So then what kind of advice do you have for students that are, you know, challenged by this or how, you know, even, I guess, both for people that are already in college and are kind of dealing with this, like, how, is the, how can they better deal with it? But then also for high school students, how can you better prepare uh, well, this would be an ideal place for me to plug my book, of course, but I will I will resist being too uh, too <laughs> well, self we'll, too self serving. We'll that what you're going to share is uh, from your book. It yeah. is it is in fact uh, uh, stuff that's in my book, uh, and and what I will, what I will say is that what it involves is focusing. The first thing that it involves is focusing less on the content and more on uh, the kind of thinking that you need to do. So. In high school, mostly what you're being asked to do is master content. And again, in college, there is content that you're going to need to master as well. But you're going to be asked to analyze and criticize and do things with it, which invariably means asking questions. The, the essence of critical thinking is asking different kinds of questions about everything you come across, whether that's a data set from some set of some experiments, or it's a poem that you're asked to interpret or it's a historical event that you're trying to understand. Whatever it is, you're going to need to ask questions. And the process of learning in college is much more about what questions are fruitful to ask in what circumstances, and how do you find those questions and pursue them than it is about actually the content of the material. Um, and frankly, I think, and this is really uh, one of the main takeaways that I, that I hope your listeners get out of this conversation, I think that long-term, what you get out of a college education that's ultimately valuable for the rest of your life has less to do with the content that you study and a lot more to do with how well you learn how to learn and how well you learn how to ask critical questions of everything that you ever encounter. Because those are the skills that are going to serve you well for the rest of your life. And the content, the actual information, is likely to become obsolete, maybe even fairly soon, 10, 10 years right. after graduation. A lot of the content that you learned may, may really be obsolete, and there may be a whole new set of things that people need you to know. And what's really going to matter is how quickly can you learn them? And that's going to be a test of how well you learned how to think critically. And, and that's what you really want to spend your time in college focusing on. So the first thing to do, I think, Tyler, is uh, to make sure that as you're studying 
as you're starting out your college career, you're focusing on how am I learning? How am I learning how to learn more efficiently? Uh, what kinds of questions am I learning how to ask? And how can I keep my focus on the process of my learning as much as on the content of the, of the material that I'm learning? Right. And I mean, that's also kind of, you know, people are like, what do I do about like AI or whatever? <laughs> it's something I see people talking about now. And it's like, well, I mean, whatever comes after AI is going to be pretty rough too, right? So at this point, <laughs> probably going to just need to learn how to adapt. You know, there's right. a classic Darwin quote about, you know, being responsive to change. Um, I think that that is always kind of the most um, important part of kind of being a, for lack of a better, less cheesy term, a lifelong learner. Absolutely. Um, if I could get more specific for a minute, um, the, mm -hmm. I, I, I tried to break down this question asking process in, in, in the book, and, and I'll share the essence of it here, which is I think there are fundamentally four basic kinds of things that students are being asked to do in college in their academic work. Number one is exploring context. Uh, number two is considering alternatives. Number three is weighing evidence. And number four is investigating implications and new applications of something you've already learned. So again, context, comparisons, evidence, and implications slash new applications. If you focus on those four things over and over again, and I, and I provide a lot of examples, of course, in the book, but if you really focus on those things, you are going to cut to the chase. You're going to get right to the core of what your professors are probably asking you to do. Because they don't want you to just absorb information. They really want you to think about the context of that information. Where is it coming from? Who is the audience for it? They want you to think about alternatives. What other information uh, is this co comparable to? Uh, what other theories could explain the same phenomenon? Uh, they want you to look at evidence. How strong is the evidence? Is there contrary evidence? How do you weigh evidence in this particular discipline? How do you know that this evidence is relevant? Is it biased evidence in some way? And finally, you know, can you spell out the implications? If we know X, what follows from it? What else should we expect to be the case? You know, what implications follow for our lives, for public policy? What other questions would you want to ask once you've answered that one? Right? These are the kinds of intellectual moves, if you will, that college is teaching uh, students to do. And the quicker you focus on those, and the more you keep your eye on that ball, the more readily you will learn whatever it is that you're being asked to learn, and uh, the more applicable what you're learning in college is going to be for the rest of your life. Because as we said, the content of what you're learning may really become, uh, become obsolete pretty quickly. But the ability to do those things is going to serve you well, whether you're analyzing uh, decisions about your own medical care or where you want to invest your money or which political candidate to vote for or any other, any other choice you might have to make in your life. You're going to want to be able to think about context, comparisons, uh, evidence, and implications. And the more you do that, mm -hmm. the better it's going to serve you long run. Right. Well, and I think there's also a... Um... There's something to be said for the fact that basically, uh, and I don't know if this is just me, but what I found is that in college, 
I had learned about all these different marketing things, but it really only served as context once I got into the real world. It would none of it was like, oh, this is what I learned in class and now I'm doing it for my job. Like what you do for your job is super different <laughs> in a lot of ways, right? So I feel like that's almost immediately applicable. Like you almost always need to learn a lot about your career, especially right out of college, and you're going to have to learn how to do all the things that are necessary. Definitely. And, and what, I, what I would say also is that this, this ties into another factor of something that students ought to think about when they look at a college, which they often don't, uh, is how many opportunities are there for what we call service learning? There are many places where they emphasize opportunities for students uh, in a course to actually go out into the community and apply what they're learning in some real life context, maybe working for a nonprofit or a governmental agency. Uh, and, and the ability to do that, the opportunity to do that is a great way to reinforce what you're learning in class, because many studies have shown that when students apply what they've learned in a real life context, and somebody out there in the world is counting on them to do it well. Maybe it's a statistical analysis, or maybe it's a, an oral history project, or maybe it's something else. Whatever it is that they're being asked to do, uh, if it's connected with their coursework, it's going to make the course that much more engaging and meaningful, and it's going to give them real-life experience in how to apply what they're learning, and, and that's going to set them up for the ability to do that later in life when they're you know, working for, for pay and not just doing this as a class assignment. Right. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, anything else you want to say on this topic of just like kind of what college uh, students need to be, or prospective college students even, even uh, should be thinking about or trying to like prepare themselves for? Like, I guess we never really got into that part of it, right? Which is like, if you're in high school, how do you kind of get a head start on this? Yeah. Well, again, you know, I, I think that part of it is mindset, honestly. Um, and it's about how you think about college. So uh, I like to begin by asking students who are thinking about college. This might sound like a funny question, but, but what is college for? Like, what is, what is your purpose in going to college? And for many students, mm -hmm. I think, and surveys, again, have shown this, uh, most uh, entering college students would answer that uh, in terms that relate to a career or a job. They're going to college for credentials that they will use to, uh, to start a career and, uh, and, and make a living. And needless to say, I have no problems with careers and making a living. I think it's a great thing. I encourage everybody to do that. And college, there's no question mm -hmm. that college opens lots of doors that uh, are not open to you if you do not have a college diploma. So that, that's, that's a perfectly legitimate goal. But what I want to suggest is that if that's your only goal, then you may be selling your college education short. And I, I use this metaphor a lot when I, when I talk to students. I, I did this many times at Stanford, um, and I, I do it again in the book. Uh, it, it's a little like uh, a plane ticket. You know, people say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this degree because I'm interested in a career in high tech, to use a common example. Well, that's great. You know, and if you get if you land a job in a high tech, fabulous. You've used your you've you've gotten a, a, you know a good value out of your education, but that's a little bit like saying mm -hmm. you know you're using your college education like a plane ticket. If I want to go to Cleveland, uh, I can buy a ticket to Cleveland, and when I get to Cleveland, I get off the plane, and 
my ticket is used. It's over. It got me where I wanted to go, and it's now useless. I can throw it out because it actually got me to my destination, and that's all I wanted out of it. But if you looked at your college education as a passport instead of a plane ticket, passports will take you to any destination. And they're personalized. They have your picture and your name in it. And they have those stamps of all the places you went uh, and place countries you visited. And it's, and it's renewable so that it never really expires because when it does expire, you can get it renewed uh, automatically. And, and so in a certain sense, a college education can be a passport if you look at it as an opportunity to open up your mind, teach you how to think well, and, and learn how to use those skills in real-world settings, that will serve you for the rest of your life. That's, that's treating your college education like a passport and not a one-use item like a plane ticket that will get you to just one destination just one time. And so I encourage students in the book, and I encourage students who are thinking about college, to really spend a little time asking themselves that question. What are they hoping to get out of an education? And if really all they want is a plane ticket to a particular career, great, use it that way and, and, and get the most out of it that you can. But if you look at it more broadly, you can get more out of your education than just that. And it can maybe serve you even better long run than you, than you may realize going in. And so I encourage students to think about their education in those very expansive terms. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that in general, also, um, college is, for many people, one of the sort of greater life experiences that they have, right? Both in terms of kind of the time spent and also in terms of just like the fun and different things that you can try and kind of that you are, in a lot of ways, you're like, you're kind of free of your parents' household and, and those kind of expectations. Um, but you're not yet in the working world where from nine o'clock to five o'clock, five days a week, you have to be doing stuff. So you have a lot of time and opportunity. Um, there's a lot more to college than just that, right? So it's good to make the most of it for sure. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I'm a big believer, notwithstanding all of these things about critical thinking and asking all of these important questions of everything you learn and, and all the rest. I, I used to say to students all the time, you know, some of the most impactful experiences that you have in your four years are going to happen not in a classroom. They're going to happen in a conversation that you have with a classmate outside of class or a relationship that you uh, begin. Many people meet their life partners in college. Uh, and even if you don't, you know, you make uh, lasting friendships. And those friendships are often incredibly meaningful, not only in terms of being fulfilling, uh, but but in terms of opening doors. You know, you find somebody who's a good friend and they know somebody else and that person is in a in a career or a business that you're interested in and because of your connections you know doors open for you that you would never have known about and 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 that's you know these are the these are the networking opportunities that happen in college that are incredibly important as well as just the opportunity to explore new things take some risks get out there and try things that you've never tried before whether that's academically studying a subject uh, that that may be just new to you because it's maybe intriguing, or uh, or extracurricular activities that will uh, challenge you and stretch you in new ways, or give you opportunities to connect with people in uh, in, in ways that will uh, just just make your experience more rich and satisfying. And I, I I encourage students all the time to think about their education not just in terms of the stuff that appears on their transcript and their GPA and 
that sort of thing. But really to think about it in terms of the, the overall experience that they're getting. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Lewis Newman, who's got a great book that you should check out. And you should get a free trial as well of Achievable's ACT course by going to achievable.me. And if you like it, be sure to use the code podcast to get 10% off.